0: Well, good morning. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you from the word this morning and let's pray as we get started. Father, you've brought us together and uh, we know that you want to speak to us now. As we get ready to come to your word, we ask you to be the one who speaks. We remember that you said that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so please take up your sword, Holy Spirit. Father, would you please speak to us through your word? We invite you to meet with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can see the topic of our message this morning. God's agenda for your life. Just think about uh, those words for a minute. God's agenda for your life. Even that that very idea is powerful, isn't it? That God would have an agenda for my life. Let's just talk for a minute about this idea of agenda. What do we mean when we talk about God having an agenda for our lives? This word itself carries meaning now. uh, Steve Benton gave me an agenda this morning for uh, the, the church service. And I can tell you we've already been through all of this side because that was the early service. And now we're through this side and we're down here to the part uh, highlighted there that says Sermon, John North. This is an agenda. It's a plan for where we are going in the service this morning. It tells me where I fit in, what my part is, and where we are going because uh, we didn't just get a bunch of people stand up here today and say, Oh, well, figure out what you're going to do. No, there was a plan for the service this morning. And I fit into that plan. Well, God has an agenda for your life. He has a plan. Now, we sometimes talk about this with politicians, right? We talk about their agenda, And sometimes you look at a politician and you say, well, they're talking that way, but their actions show that they have a hidden agenda that's different than what they're saying right? We talk about that, right? They have something that's on their mind. They have something that they're trying to accomplish, something that they are working towards. They have a sense whether it's what they're saying or whether it's not what they're saying. They have a sense that they are in that office and they're going to use that office for a purpose, right? They're moving somewhere with it. That's an agenda that they have. And when you live with a sense of an agenda in your life, it means that you live with intentionality. Intentionality. It means you live on purpose. It means that your life is about something. Just like that politician who's... Office, in his tenure, is about something that he is on about. Well, your life is about something if you live with an agenda. You have intentionality. That is, there is intention in what you're doing. Purpose in what you're doing. There is intention in your reality. Intentionality. And to live with intentionality completely transforms the way you live. Because, uh, for a lot of us, we just float. Right? You get up in the morning, you don't know what your day's gonna hold, uh, and you, you think, well, you know, I'm just gonna make it through somehow. Maybe you're in a hard time in your life, you think, if I can only make it through today. And maybe you're thinking, well, if I can only make it till the end of the week. Or maybe you're thinking, uh, if I can only make it to the end of this month or the end of this year. Or if I can only make it till I graduate from college. Or if I can only make it until retirement. If I can only make it till I die. You <laughs> know, you're just trying to make it through. Or you're just kind of taking life as it comes. Well, that is not intentionality. That is not living with a sense of agenda about your life. When you turn from floating in life to motoring in life, to living with an agenda, to living with a sense of intentionality, it changes the whole nature of your life. It changes how you understand the people in your lives. It changes how you understand the difficult, painful circumstances of your life. It changes how you move into opportunities that you face. It changes almost everything about your life. Agenda. So, uh, this becomes an important question, doesn't it? What about God's agenda for my life? Now what I want to do in the sermon this morning is I want to start with the applications. Okay? Normally we do the go to the passages first, and we look at the principles, and then we say applications. I'm going to turn it upside down, and I'm going to start with the application. I want to talk to you a little bit about what are the implications if God does have an agenda for your life. We don't know yet, because we haven't gone to the Bible passages. Okay? But if He does, if God has an agenda for your life, What are the implications? I want to look at three implications for us if God has an agenda for our lives. First of all, if God has an agenda for your life, then your life has meaning and purpose. Your life has meaning and purpose. Now, you see that connection, right? If God has an agenda for your life, automatically then your life has purpose and meaning. Do you see that? Uh, A little visual affirmation of my message. Do you see that connection there? Okay, yeah. Because God acts with intentionality. God acts with purpose. And if God has a purpose for your life, then instantly your life has meaning. It's going somewhere. It's for something. You might look at your life And think, I can't see any purpose God would have for me. I can't see any purpose in the things happening in my life. But when you accept God has a purpose, as a statement of faith, then automatically everything in your life has meaning. You may not understand it all, but your life has meaning Your life has purpose. I remember the first time in my life that I came to grips with this idea as a teenager. I was born and grew up in India. My mom and dad were missionaries there from Australia to India. I was born and grew up there. We were fortunate enough to live close enough to the school we went to that where all the other students were boarding students, we were day scholars. We could walk uh, about a mile to school, running away from cows and things uh, on the way. But uh, we, we lived close enough to be able to do that uh, for a few years until we became boarders. And uh, so we were different, right? I didn't fit in with the other boys. They were all boarders. They they were uh, a bit jealous of the fact I got to live with my family. And so I, I didn't fit in. I was treated quite badly, by the boys and especially when then when i went to be a boarding student treated quite cruelly and struggled with that and then we moved away from india and moved to australia and we lived half a year in Perth, where my mom's from, half a year in Sydney, where my dad's from. And then we moved from Australia to America. And we lived a summer in New York State, a year in New Jersey before we settled in Atlanta in the final year of elementary school before moving on to high school. And then we moved to a different high school after two years of high school. And you can just imagine, for me, not feeling I fit like I fit in anywhere, not feeling uh, uh, at all accepted or loved by the people around me, that this just became worse and worse and worse for me. And I began to have this total complex about myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't think anybody else liked me. Pretty sure they didn't. Uh, And I began to put those feelings even on my parents and my family. I had the most loving family, but I saw them through that lens, and it put distance and stress in our relationships. I had no good relationships with any person in my life, and I was in this deep, dark spiral of desperation and hopeless. And I went on a youth camp that our church put on and the speaker spoke on the theme of reality and he took a different letter of that word every day in his messages and talked about a different aspect of the Christian life and what reality looked like in that aspect of the Christian life and it hit me like a ton of bricks. What's happening in my life is not what he's talking about. I thought I was a Christian all along. But I knew then, I did not really have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And that night, uh, I went to the cabin. There was an activity on, but I went to the cabin. I just walked up and down between the bunks in the dark, talking to God. I thought I'd been a Christian, God. And now I realize I'm not, and I need your forgiveness in my life. And I want you to make my life what you want it to be. And God answered that prayer. And something changed in my relationship with God. I remember walking back down the trail through the woods to the activity and just overflowing with joy. And I couldn't remember having that feeling before. (laughs) And the love of God filled up my love needs. It changed me. I began to have good relationships because I could be a giver of love where I was just trying to get love out of every relationship before that. God changed me. And in our youth group, a little group of us, uh, about a couple of years after that, began to have a feeling like the, the spiritual level of our youth group was not what it needed to be. And we said, let's have a prayer meeting on Friday night and just get some of us together and pray for our youth group. So about eight of us in the youth group got together at my house on that Friday night and we had an awesome time of prayer for our youth group. We said, well, this has been so good. Let's meet again every Friday night. And so the next Friday night we gathered. There were only four of us the next Friday night. And the next Friday night, just two of us, one of my friends and me. And we prayed together every Friday night for several months. And then he stopped coming. But I really felt called by God. And I kept praying. I had a little notebook and I'd write down prayers. I was praying for our youth group and kept praying. And after a few months, he started coming back and joining me again. And then one or two others and others until we ended up with about 40 or 50 Kids from our youth group, you know, the parents would drive them all across Atlanta to come on Friday night just to pray. It was an amazing time in our youth group of God at Work. At the beginning of those prayer times, I would just read a little passage of Scripture and say a few devotional thoughts for about five minutes, ten minutes, and then we'd just pray. And I remember one Friday night, we sometimes had it at my house, sometimes at my friend's house, and we were coming home, my younger sister and I. In our car, from that prayer meeting. And I'll never forget this. It's as if it was yesterday. We came home, it was a warm summer evening in Atlanta. We had the windows rolled down in the car, because we used to wind our windows back then. Don't know if any of you remember that. Uh, we had the windows wound down in the car, and uh, we got home, we turned into the driveway, went over the bump, over a few of the cracks in the driveway on the way up. And on the way up, about halfway up the driveway, my youngest sister said to me, You know, John, some of my friends have been saying that God's really been speaking to them through the little devotional you do at the beginning of our prayer time. Well, uh, I couldn't even conceive of that being true. That God could have used me in any way in somebody else's life. It was mind-boggling. I pulled the car up the rest of the way driveway and I just sat there for quite a while at the top of the driveway trying to come to grips with this idea that God could have used me in someone's life. And it was the first time in my life there was this turn in my mind that there could be purpose for me in God's plan. That there could be intentionality in my life. And from that time, my life has been different. Since I have believed that God has a purpose for me. I wonder if you have come to that conviction in your own heart and life. Because it changes life. To live with a sense of intentionality. God has given your life meaning and purpose. Number two... God wants His agenda for you to stay in your mind as you go through your day. Okay. Now remember, this is if God has an agenda for you, because we haven't gone to our passage yet. If God has an agenda for you, then He wants that agenda to stay in your mind as you go through the day. He wants you, when you wake up in the morning, and you get in the shower, and you start to wake up, and you start to think through your day... And what you're going to be doing in the day, he wants you to hold in the back of your mind as you think about your day, his intention for you. As you think about the people you're going to encounter, he wants his intention for you to be in your thoughts as you think about those encounters. As you then go through your day and you spend time with those people, when you encounter circumstances, events, meetings with people, whatever it is, he wants his agenda to be in your mind. Because that's how you live with intentionality. If you only think of his agenda when you sit down for Bible study with your Bible study group, probably his agenda for you is mostly what is outside of that Bible study group. Mostly what is not ha- what happens here on Sunday morning. He What's here on Sunday morning supports his agenda in your life. But his agenda is probably something beyond that. So if you're going to live his agenda... You've got to have it in your mind, not just when you're here, but when you're out there, right? It just makes sense. All right, third implication. God's agenda is more important than your agenda. God's agenda is more important than your agenda. Let's just think through this for a minute. You have an agenda, right? You might be a college student. Your agenda has to do with what's going to happen when you graduate, the kind of job you want to get, what you want to happen in your life. You kind of map it out. Maybe you're past that and you're thinking about getting married, having kids. Uh, maybe you're thinking about what you're going to do financially in your life, moving towards retirement. Uh, I don't know what your agenda involves, but you have an agenda for your life. And what you need to recognize is if God has made you for a reason then his agenda increases in importance in your heart and mind. And you recognize your agenda needs to come under God's agenda for you. That your thoughts about God's intentionality in your life have to be a guiding factor in the setting of your agenda for your life. This is all just if God has an agenda for you. Right? So let's go to a couple of passages and uh, look at this question. Uh, What is God's agenda? And I want to suggest to you that God's agenda uh, has two directions in your life there is an internal. agenda that God has for you in your inner life, and there is an external agenda that God has for you, internal agenda, come with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And here, uh, starting in verse 26, there's a paragraph here in Romans chapter 8 that is all about God's plan for your life. Okay? And I just want to pull out and come down to verse 29 and look at this clear statement of God's agenda for you. For those whom he foreknew, that's believers, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, that is, he decided beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, that is, who had the family likeness. Whom he foreknew, that's believers, he also predestined. Now, does that word carry for you the idea that God has an agenda? I mean, if there's any word in the Bible that carries the idea of agenda with it, this word should. That God decided beforehand for you, this is his plan for you, Those whom He foreknew, He also predestined that they should be conformed to the image of His Son. And literally from the Greek, that they should share in the likeness of His Son. This is God's plan for you. God's internal agenda in your life is that you should become like Jesus Christ. Like Jesus Christ. Well, that ought to set intentionality in your mind. When you recognize that. So that you begin to think, alright, when I look at the life of Jesus Christ, lived as a man on earth, what did it look like? How did he relate to God the Father? Well, we find him getting up a great while before day, don't we? To spend time with God every day, getting out to a desolate place, a quiet place, To spend time with God. And that guided his life. So that he could say, the works I do are not my own, but the Father's. Well, how did he know what the Father wanted him to do? What the Father wanted to do through him? Well, he'd been spending time with the Father, hadn't he? The words I speak are not my own, but his who gave them to me. How did he know what words the Father wanted him to speak? He'd been spending time with him. And so in your life, as you go through your day, if you want to be Christ-like, if you want to be the kind of person who, as you encounter people, you share with them things that God uses to impact their lives, then you need to spend time with the Father each morning. What about the fact that When he began his ministry, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and he returned from the Jordan River, Luke tells us, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was led by the Spirit, Luke says. Well, do you want to be led by the Spirit? Do you want the Holy Spirit to be the one empowering your life as you live with God's agenda? That's what it was in Jesus' life. And you should have this, this intentionality about not living life in your own strength, but asking God, as you reveal to me in my times with you, what you're doing in my life and what you want to do through me and to say through me, would you also please empower me with the work of your Holy Spirit to enable those things to have spiritual impact intentionality so that this is in your mind. As you get in the shower in the morning and you're thinking through your day, you're thinking God's agenda, God's intentionality to make me more like Jesus Christ. And what do I need to put into my life to make Christ-likeness the result? God's internal agenda for you. Then God's external agenda for you. And come with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And this is the book right before the book of Romans, where you are. Come back to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Starting in verse 4, it says, While staying with them, this is Jesus, he's risen from the dead, and this is last encounter with his followers before ascending to heaven. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, the Father's promise to send the Holy Spirit. Which he said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And of course that happened in chapter 2. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, this is what you can know. This is what you should be focusing on right now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God's external agenda for your life is the agenda that has been in place from the beginning of Scripture. I wish we had time to march through Scripture and just unpack this unfortunate, Folding plan of redemption that God has been engaged in all the way through scripture. What Don Richardson calls the, the scarlet thread that is woven all the way through scripture from the beginning to the end. What we see in the life of Christ. So that this, these words from Christ, you will be my witnesses, they're just echoing what he's just said a few days before. When he said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you as you do that even to the end of the age. And that was just echoing what he had just said a little bit earlier when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And that reflected what he had said in the gospel of John, as the Father sent me into the world, I also am sending you into the world. Which reflected what he had said in Luke, repentance for the forgiveness of sins shall be preached in all the nations for a witness, and then the end shall come. God's agenda. (laughs) This is God's agenda in this world. When you become a part of the family of God, He begins working on His internal agenda in your life to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. And at the same time, there is His external agenda for your life, which is that you will be a witness in the lives of the people who surround you. Because God is at work in their lives. Listen, that's why He sent you into their lives. (laughs) Because He wants to work through you in their lives. So that again, as you begin to think through your day, you're in the shower, you're finally waking up in the morning, you're thinking through your day, that in your mind... You remember the, remember the implications? Number two, God wants His agenda for you to stay in your mind as you go through your day. So that in your mind, as you go through your day, and you're thinking about the people you're going to be encountering, in your mind is not only the business opportunities, what's going to happen with this, I'm going to pick up my kids from school, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. But as you think about these times you're going to have with people, your question is, Father, what is your purpose Through me in this person's life. Intentionality. What is your purpose through me in this person's life? When you begin to think that way, your life is transformed. Somebody may even be obnoxious and rude towards you and your natural reaction is to, you know, respond to them. Or maybe if you're more spiritual to just ignore them. But when you act with this agenda, you ask the question, Lord, what is going on in their heart and life that's making them like this? And how do you want to meet them through me? Would that change your life? You see the difference? Living with intentionality, living with God's agenda, saying God's agenda is more important than my agenda. And the great thing is this. Listen. As you begin to focus your life on God's agenda for you, at the beginning there's this thing, oh, but here's my agenda, God's agenda, and and this kind of wrestle. But the more that you are spending time with the Father at the beginning of the day, saying, Lord, what is your agenda through me? What are you wanting to do? And you're renewing your mind. And you're allowing Christ-likeness to develop in you and you're interacting with people and saying, God, what is your purpose through me? And you're seeing God start to work in people's lives through you. You know what happens? Your agenda becomes God's agenda. You get excited about God's agenda in your life, and God's agenda becomes your agenda. So there's not this conflict, but your life becomes about what God wants to do through you in the lives of the people around you. God's agenda, living with intentionality, living life on purpose. And you know something, (laughs) what I found in my life when I decided I really am going to start living like this. God, I want to live life this way. It didn't just happen. It took a long time. What you need to do is to say, God, I want to start the journey Of living this way. I want to ask you to begin changing the way I approach life. Begin bringing my agenda towards your agenda. I want to start thinking, how can I become more like Christ? And I want to start thinking, God, what is your purpose through me in the lives of each person I encounter?